0: Well, good morning. It's, it's a joy. I'm going to be talking on missions for the next couple of Sundays, and um, this message here is going to be hard for you. It's hard for me. It's, it takes us to a place where we seldom ever go in our minds and our thinking, even biblically. And uh, I must confess, as you'll see, that I didn't know anything about this either until I took a class. But and the second thing I want to do is I want to, Bev wasn't in the service this morning because she was in her Sunday school class, so I do want to acknowledge the fact that um, that when I was 17 years old and she was 13 or 14, 14 I guess, uh, we were standing in a crowd in Ridgecrest, North Carolina, about four or 5,000 teenagers. I was from Tennessee and she was from Maryland. We had no idea the other one was there. And we both had went forward to give our lives to the Lord for whatever He wanted. We were saved, and I knew God's call upon my life, but I didn't want—I didn't want to set up there. I was up, right way up there in the in the balcony. And I remember Billy looking at me, just me. <laughs> He's my hero, by the way. I was 16, you know, when I got saved, and I didn't know any other preacher, but Billy Graham became my mentor my friend my the preacher I listened to every sunday the hour of decision but during that time of of being in ridgecrest north carolina there we were we were both in that crowd offering our lives to the lord never realizing that one day we would meet and become husband and wife i just thank the lord for that and so in when after we got married i was in maryland of course and I was working a job, and uh, pastoring a church, and taking night classes at the Washington Bible College. And it was while I was at the Washington Bible College that they offered a course on missions. And I had—I knew nothing about missions at all, nothing. And um, and as I sat into that class, I began to realize for the first time in my life that there were people who were living and dying, who had never, ever heard about Jesus Christ. I didn't know that. They had no, nothing of God's Word, not even a syllable of God's Word in their language. And the more the professor thought, the more I realized I was so stunned. And my question to myself is this, why didn't I know that? I was saved at the age of 16, and no pastor, no Sunday school teacher, nobody ever brought to my mind that there are people out there in the world who had never heard about Jesus Christ. I didn't know that. I was stunned. I didn't know that there were people who did not have God's Word in their language. I didn't know that. By the way, I didn't know a missionary by name, and I had never, ever prayed about a country or a group of people the bottom line, I was ignorant. And as a pastor, I was producing ignorance. Because you see, you can only teach what you know. And so I want us to look at our, look at your outline there, and it's Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14. And I wanted to direct this with you. I want you to look at this verse. And I just want you to realize that He, Jesus, has has delivered us. You're setting this meeting, dear ones, because you know the truth. You've been delivered. You've heard the gospel. And it says, and He has delivered us, or you, from the domain of darkness. You imagine that. I'm in the light, folks. (laughs) I'm in the truth. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His dear Son. One translation is the beloved Son, or the kingdom of light, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. What a marvelous verse! If I t- was, to a, was to have a tattoo, which I don't, it hurts no. <laughs> I would tattoo this verse on my arm. I've been delivered from darkness, translated or transferred into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom I have redemption and forgiveness of my sins. Oh, all that's past tense. And I sat in worship and sing and rejoice with you. But the question I want to ask is, what about those who are still living in the kingdom of darkness. What does that look like? It looks like this, without hope. And here's the one that's going to separate them from you and I, without God. You see, I have many people come up. In fact, I had somebody come up to me today and said, Bill, would you mind praying for this? And, and, and so this, this person is giving a prayer request. But why is that? It's because I know God. But what about a group of people who can't, who can't ask for help because they don't know God? They don't know Him at all. And so they can't come and say, pray for my grandmother or pray for my child or pray for this particular person who's who's demonically possessed. You know, Bev and I, after I, I I finished that course, I we were so fired up. Man, we just said, Lord, here we are. You know, it, it was not that I was so spiritual or I'm better. It's just that I was so fired up because, man, for the first time I realized there are people, and we just said, Lord, wherever, wherever, you know. And so we went off... Wasn't long that that uh, we flew out to Asia. We had three little children: Esther, Sarah, and Deborah. Yeah, and uh, oh, Rebecca. Four little children. Sorry, Beth. (laughs) 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 Had so many I couldn't count them. (laughs) But anyway, we. And Beth was eight months pregnant, and there we were flying to Southeast Asia. Had no idea where we were going. Had no idea the people group that we would be with. All we knew is that I had heard that there were people living in darkness without him. How could I, how could I consciously not want to help? You know? And so we flew out, you know, and, and the Air Force would say this, there were, there were four on the ramp and one in the hangar. <laughs> uh, and you know, when Bev and I moved into that village, uh, it was so dark. There was, I, can't, I can't describe to you the demonic darkness when Bev and I moved into the, this people group called the So People. There was an odor about them we We moved into a place that was they actually stored charcoal. It was the only home we could get and they brought all these bags of charcoal out and all these things like this and the spiders and the, and they, and the all these things began to run out with them and when I saw that, I said, "Well Lord, <laughs> you can find somebody else. You know, you know I'm not a brave person at all, not at all and, and uh, the first snake I ever fought in my life was a cobra, and I was within distance of him spitting, but not striking, and I had him, and he had me, and that was it, and, um, and you know, we, we began to realize that, man, we were in a world, you know, I don't know if this was satanic, if, 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 if Satan, if I was looking back at it," was he trying to get rid of me, but I know one thing, God was with me. Because, you see, I didn't have my glasses on, folks. I was down on my knees, and I had this thing by the tail with a stick. And he's up like that with his hood out, and he's a spitting cobra, and I didn't have glasses on. All he had to do was hit my eye, and I'd be blind the rest of my life. But I can hear my God saying, now, snake, I don't know his name, but the Lord knew, spit to his right and spit to his left. Yes, sir. Because, you see, God rules and reigns. Because, folks, there was no reason why I wasn't either blind or bitten. We found they had no written language. Bev was out getting information and stuff like that, and I was out trying to plow and get to know him, and I was plowing in this rice field, you know, and you, you've seen rice fields. They're not very big, and I'm I'm walking behind this water buffalo. He doesn't know English, and I don't know so, you know. So I'm walking behind, and he's looking at me like this. What are we going to do next? I have no idea. But I knew one thing, that when he raised his tail, I was familiar with that. <laughs> and so I'm just, you know, trying to get over this thing, and I hate messy stuff, you know. And So I'm trying to step over this manure, you know. And, but you see, he's fertilizing it for the rice field. That's his job. But you know that Bev and I, as we begin to, as we, the longer we live there, folks, listen, We realized how dark they were. Nutskin, living in darkness. We couldn't believe the things that they were doing that no one would do anymore. But they didn't know. They didn't know about germs. They lived in fear of demons and darkness and death. You could hear them screaming at night. You could hear a girl running across the field and and then the only way that she could be cured was she'd have to allow the demonic spirit to enter her and stay. And one day Bev was called out, and this this uh, person came and said it was actually Naiwad, and he asked Bev. He said, "Would you go to my wife is is uh, about ready to give birth? We'd been trained. Bev was trained actually, I, and uh, in in uh, delivering children, and we were uh, we t- we were taught how to suture and stuff stuff like that, but. When Bab began to cradle this woman in her arms, she realized that not only was she giving birth, but she was dangerously. She was swollen, she was bleeding from her nose. And all of a sudden she began to deliver these little children and, and, and they gave she gave birth to twins. But what was so horrifying for Bev was she, she looked up to Bev, and this is a statement she made. She says, I've, I've got to figure out, she says, which one of these babies is mine, because one of them is a miscarriage from another woman. Darkness. Satan is a liar. He's the father of lies. He's a deceiver. Can you imagine instead of saying, praise the Lord, I've got two children, she's wondering which way who's, which one, Chama, and so she pushes one one way and one other. And what they would normally do is, this is mine and that one isn't. And this one would starve itself to death. See? Darkness. They are living where they've always lived. And so when Bev told me that, I couldn't believe it. Well, she died and so did the twins because she, she didn't have enough strength to live on. But she died crying out to the demonic world. That was... Quite an introduction for us. And then we had this girl that would come and play with our children. And Amy was born, of course, there, and and uh, she was 13 years old. And we, we began to realize, we, we noticed the back of her hand. She began to sort of swell here a little bit, and we began to look at her face, and we realized she was becoming very, very extremely malnourished. We asked her, you know, because, man, if they don't have food, we'll get it for them. You know, we'll do something to make sure you have rice and food to eat, and so as we began to talk, she conveyed to us that her grandmother, who was carrying the spirit in in their family, the spirit, evil spirit, had told her that this girl's sister, who had died a year ago prior to, to her a year ago, was calling for this one and wanted this sister to come and play with her, and so the grandmother Methodically starved this 13-year-old girl to death. We begged for her life. We said we would take care of her. We would raise her. But even the girl herself became convinced that was her lot in life, was to go to be with her. It was demonic. See, he's a murderer, isn't he? And then we had a shaman. You know, this shaman came up to me, and, and you know, these shamans were powerful people, and I'll never forget that one of them looked at me and she said, you know, I said, because she had she, heard about our talk and she says, I don't want to know if it's true. I want to know if he's more powerful than the darkness I live in. And, of course, when I told her, absolutely, still, you know, she was blinded and couldn't see. I want you to look at Ephesians 2, 2 with me, if you will. You know, we teach here... Uh, Our goal here is to to teach followers to become fully devoted followers, or to teach people to become fully devoted followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've heard heard that referred to over and over again by uh, Brian. But look at this verse. Following the course of this world, these are people who live in darkness, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit. And and Paul goes on to say, you were once obedient to him and were under his control. This is the amplified translation. The demon spirit that still constantly works in the hearts of people who live in darkness. I remember seeing a clip of of this, you know, and I thought, man, you know, isn't it neat when you go out and, you know, at night, I don't know about you, I love to look at the stars, you know, and I know that the Bible says that my God has named every one of them by name, and buddy, when I go up in the rafter, I'm going to say, what's your name, you know, what's your name, Oh star will yell back, my name is, you know, and that God, my God so has identified me that he created me that my thumb is different from anybody else's here. Correct? He's made you different. So humor me this morning. Hold your thumb up. Come on. you thumb body. You're thumb body. You're different than anything else. But you see, this guy, is, he said, come and help us in our stupidity. Can you you imagine growing up under the teaching that we come from the sweat of a rock? And these people lived all those years. May I ask you a question? How long have you had the gospel? Did your family know about the gospel? Did they know about the gospel? How many years could you go back and say, in my family, someone somewhere knew the gospel? This was a question asked by a man who came and begged for a missionary. And this was his response. You mean you've had the gospel all these years and we still live in darkness? How do you answer that? How do you respond to that? You know, we we know the creator of the world John and, and my daughter Rebecca worked with the E A people in Paraguay, South America, and John was giving me a little bit of the history, and he said that they believed when they first met them, that they were created by a spider. Can you imagine, created by a spider. That's all they knew. They didn't know the Creator of God. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter four, verse three. Is it the other? Right cool. Ah. It's 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 4-3, right? That's me. See, I was sitting here this morning. I didn't know if I'd preached or should I get up and get on the platform. That's that's where I'm at, you know. It's like sitting on the side of the bed. Am I going to bed or am I getting up? I'm not really sure. Yeah. Well, let me read this verse, Second Corinthians 4.3. Listen to what it says. If our gospel or if if a gospel is veiled. It is veiled to those who are perishing. You see, my purpose this morning, my dear brothers and sisters, is this, to expose us. Not to have you go out with your head down and regretting that you're under the gospel. No. But somehow, as you set to eat today, you'll be mindful for the first time like me that there's people out there who don't know him. And I'm going to start praying for some people group. I don't even know where they are. I'm going to start praying for them. God send missionaries to some people group because there's thousands of them still yet without the gospel. There are many without the word of God. And you know the thing that's so sad in our in our culture here is the fact that we fight over translations. How are, you gonna, how are we going to answer that? That there's a group of people like these people that were on the screen, the, uh, the who did not have a word in in their language, not even a syllable, and and God's word at all. And we're fighting over 10 or 12 translations in English. How are you going to answer that? How can I answer that? I can't. But I'm telling you young people that, that, that what we need to do is realize that if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to them who are perishing. Paul goes on to say, in this case... The God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is in his image. And, and you know, that's... I was telling him when I was taking the training, Mel Wyman was my teacher. Mel had worked in Bolivia, actually worked with the INAs in Bolivia, the same group that, uh, Paul, uh, that John and Rebecca were working with in Paraguay. And he was telling me that when he was a young missionary in Bolivia, he went, these were nomadic people at the time, they roamed, <laughs> and he said that as he roamed through the jungle with them to learn some words so he could put their language into a written form, he said he would, that he said one day, and, and he, I was sitting as a young missionary, Bab and I in the class, and he said there's this old woman who couldn't keep up any longer, no nursing home, no place to put her, under the care of people who would care. And so they couldn't they couldn't just leave her, although they had to. To survive, they have to keep going, so what are they going to do with her? So they dug his grave, and she crawls over and gets in it, and they bury her alive. And, and see, that's horrifying to us. But you see, here's the question is, to leave her, sitting there, leaning against a tree, is to be torn apart and fought over by wild animals. Or, the fear of the demonic world was so great to them that to be buried alive was better than to be exposed. Darkness. Blind, you see. And so I pray that as we see this next clip here, it will speak to our hearts. When I saw this this morning, it was so hard for me not to say, you have to come next week to see what happens. To see when the kingdom of light dawns upon their heart. And for the first time, they know how to pray. I want to go. I want to show you what happens, but I can't. I can't give it away. You've got to come. You've got to see what happens, not only to them, but these other people that we saw. This dear lady, and, and I can tell you what took place and transpired, but there's so people. 55,000 of them. How many people live here in this 55,000 tribal people who never heard of Jesus. Let me read a song that I think could have been so easily written by a tribal person. Why must I die? Is there no one to help me? Is there no way to save my dying soul? Is there no plan wherein there is salvation? My heart cries out in anguish. The weight of sin is more than I can bear. By day and by night, the fear of death overwhelms me. Is there not someone somewhere who knows a way to free my soul from sin? Is there no ear to hear my pleads for mercy? Oh, could it be that somewhere there is a God of whom I have not heard. And eternal life has already provided, but I must die, for I have not been told. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, is a portion of Scripture that as believers we have to wrestle with. And it starts out, it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Did you call on him? Did you call on him and you're saved. You're free from darkness, free from fear. You know I'm the older I get and I'm not trying to be spiritual here. You know the more you look forward to there's so many people in heaven already, right? <laughs> you know cat, you, yeah, you know, they're all waiting. And you know, I don't know when God is going to call me home, but I know one thing, the one I serve holds the keys. And see, the comfort is, I'm not going through until he opens the door. It's time, Bill. But I'm not afraid because I have eternal life. I'm not afraid because I'm not in darkness. But listen what this verse says. How then, he says, Bill, will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom... They have never heard. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? I want to close with this story. Uh, Dr. E. Stanley Jones writes about an Australian widow. Her and her husband loved the Lord with all their hearts. And uh, they had served the Lord. They had this big farm, you know, and things like that. And God had uh, called both of her daughters to be missionaries. And uh, so she sent them off to China. That's where they felt God would have them to go. And, and so they went out to China. You know, when Bev and I went to Thailand, they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have phones, <laughs> you know. And they had, they had, you know, what we would do is, is uh, what is the word, huh? Telegraph. I like cowboy movies. Remember cowboys used to cut the line? The bad guy. But Gene Autry or Roy Rogers would always get them. Now, some of you guys, that's really way back right. But I remember going to the post office and sending a telegram to my mom or to somebody, and I'd say, we are okay, stop. That's how they do it. That's, a, that's the you nose know, to end that sentence, and we're, we're safe because, see, the war was going on. It was in our backyard. And some of you were right over there, right in the midst of that war. But was our way of letting people know the only way. But back when these girls went to, the, went to China was even yet years before that. And this Australian widow or mother received a letter that was six months late after the fact. And it stated that both of her daughters had been murdered in China. Well, I was so stunned and challenged. She'd got it on her floor, and she said, God, she says, I don't have anybody else to give you. No more children. And she said, I'll go myself. And so she sold her farm. And at the age of 60 years old, she went to China where her girls had been working. And she served and died there at the age of 80 and was buried beside her children. Let's pray. And so, Father, I know it's been a tough lesson, but all next Sunday, when the light dawns, we will be just blown away with the power of the gospel in the lives of the Moy and the taliabu, and the so when light dawns, the glorious message of the King of kings and Lord of lords, who died upon the cross and gained the victory over Satan and darkness, and all the demonic horde must bow before him. And so, Father, I pray as we leave here today, we may tuck these thoughts away so that somehow we begin to think a little different pray a little different stay active stay involved but realize also there's groups of people out there who are living in darkness may we be praying for them Lord and doing what we can to see that they hear in Jesus' name.